The content presented in this podcast is intended solely for inspirational purposes and is not health advice. The information shared is not to be construed as psychological advice or treatment provided by health professionals. It's crucial you consult with qualified healthcare providers for any specific psychological concerns or medical conditions, and you're encouraged to exercise your own judgment and discretion when interpreting and implementing any ideas or suggestions presented in this podcast. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Sisterhood Downloads. I am your host, Jacqueline Byrne. And I'm Juliet Thompson. And we are so excited to have you join us as we explore how women can truly thrive with reflection, connection, and community. I am a clinical psychotherapist. And I'm a psychologist and coach, and we are both mothers of young children, as well as being entrepreneurs. We are thrilled you've joined us here at The Sisterhood Downloads. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Sisterhood Downloads. And today we have a topic that I know many listeners have resonated with. It's something perhaps particular to Australian culture, but we can explore that a little more too. And that is a conversation around tall poppy syndrome. How does this term strike you, Juliet? Oh, you've caught me out, Jacqueline. I'm just doing a little Google <laughs> as we as we uh, as we talk. I just thought it would be nice to start with the official definition, especially mm. for those non-Australian mm. listeners who mm. really might have no idea what we're talking about. Um, According to uh, Google, tall poppy syndrome occurs when a person's success causes them to be attacked, resented or criticised. So that is important to frame this conversation. So what comes to mind for me is that I think this phenomena has been around in Australia for a while. It's nothing new. It's been here for many decades. That's making me think I probably should have done some research around the true origins. This is your inner archaeologist (laughs) itching to come out. My historian. And I wonder if it's to do with the way that Australians have defined themselves from perhaps 1900s onwards. That's my gut feeling of it in this spirit of we're all in it together, mateship, mateship being a big one actually. That's a really core um, supposed Australian value, right? Clearly, Australia has a profound Indigenous history that we really need to be talking more about and including more in our understanding of uh, modern Australia. So I absolutely want to take space for that. And this is a little bit of a tricky area and I haven't probably used the exact words that I would want to, to to really pay respect to the Indigenous inhabitants of Australia. Indeed. And I'm particularly curious about how tall poppy syndrome shows up for women and that's historically based as well that as women were able to receive more liberation and had more options for showing up in the workforce and opting out of parenthood or delaying parenting and having more choices available they sometimes were able to become more powerful as it pertains to career financial independence etc and I think that's a really uncomfortable space for us as a culture to not know how to hold highly capable, intelligent, competent women always. And looking at looking at political figures and the way that female political figures are spoken about, what is considered a criticism of them is a totally different vocabulary than what um, their male counterparts are criticised with. Mm. 
looking at how the story, the trajectory of a, a man's success, and I'm just using that word in an arbitrary way, meaning usually financial business success, that it's not common, or I haven't heard it commonly said, that he's really forgotten where he's come from or he's become not representative of his culture anymore or there's an obligation maybe from the assumption that women should be in a more nurturing position and uh, attentive to particular members of community that when women become successful especially if that is a strong contrast to the environments they grew up in meaning that they move up socioeconomically that there's a a very hard reaction Mm. to that and I've literally heard it said about women um I know personally that they need to be taken down a peg or two, that they're too big for their boots. We don't hear men spoken about often wow. with words like bossy or diva. We, we don't hear men described this way. If they're, if they're demanding, if a man shows up in a way that is powerful and demanding and requiring others to step up in some way, even if that is done with arrogance or that is done in a less than ideal with less than an ideal interpersonal skill set, it's much more readily accepted than if a woman shows up in the same sort of role uh, with the same sort of air. She's shut down so much more readily. And I wonder if what we're hearing in your reflection is that we have this idea of tall poppy syndrome in Australia generally for everyone, meaning uh, we as a culture are not people that are used to to promoting oneself and uh, saying hey look how successful I am so we really see this the difference between American culture and Australian culture Americans generally we're talking generally here are a little bit more comfortable with uh, promoting them their successes and and that feels very icky to Australians usually but what we've got here is not just that influence across the board but then on top of that we have intersecting with it sexism. That's really what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. And it makes it a double doozy. Mm, double women. doozy. <laughs> and that's um, in the definition of tall poppy syndrome, for those that haven't heard the term before, the idea is that the tall poppy gets cut down. You don't want that tall poppy standing up amongst a field of poppies that are all shorter. Um, it's we more visually. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it's going because you're going to get cut down if you're that tall poppy, they're yes. coming for you. Um, what came to mind when you were reflecting on that too is the turn-taking idea. It's like so strong in how in the schooling system, like raise your hand. We've already heard from you, Mary. Does anyone else want to make a comment? Um, you don't have to answer every question, Mary. There's a there's a strong idea of not taking up the space and not sort of hogging the platform or being dominating. Again, particularly for women. I've, uh, I've been taught by a few uh, American teachers and I've noticed them actually become frustrated with our class because the Australian cohort, we don't answer questions. We take it as a rhetorical question or we wait for someone else to speak up even if we know the answer or have something to add. We don't want to be seen as that person that is trying too hard to be the teacher's pet or seeking out attention. Whereas the Marianne Williamson quote comes to mind of, Maybe our greatest fear isn't that we're inadequate, but it's that we're we're powerful beyond measure. We are so capable and have so much light and so much to offer, all of us do. But we feel like we're supporting others if we dim that. And it's like, it's okay if you're not shining brightly right now, I won't shine either. And we can be together, we can have union in our smallness. 
Whereas truly, what's so much more inspirational is to lead the way. And this is actually touching on the conversation we've had recently about entrepreneurship. And I mentioned in that episode that I have I have had significant success in my own business. And I hesitated to say it in the episode because does that sound conceited? Does that sound like I'm not being modest? And I wonder if I'd been raised in a different culture, whether I wouldn't hesitate to share my my accolades, my my achievements, but there's that really entrenched fear of, oh, don't don't show up too brightly because they'll they'll come for you. It's really linked to that word, that concept, humble, mm-hmm. humbleness. What do you make of that idea in our society and the difference or the importance of the value of humbleness and tall poppy. Like, yeah, where does this so interesting? I think interesting when someone doesn't mention. I've had a few occasions where I've, say, met someone at a, a dinner party or been at a wedding and put on a table with people I don't know and chatting to them about life, and they haven't mentioned. Maybe they give a very generic, vague uh, response to what they do, the type of industry they're in, and have found out after the fact that they have been incredibly successful or prestigious in that industry and they hadn't sold themselves and they hadn't sort of come in saying well I hold this position and this is my title and I must say and we can go go right ahead and psychoanalyze this but my response has been a being impressed with that like wow maybe you're so confident or so steady in that knowledge that you don't need to sell it but honestly, in reflecting on the situations, all of those people have been men also. And I wonder whether there's so much social structure upholding their position anyway, that there's an affordability to resting on what will be spoken of for them. That is pretty powerful. It is pretty powerful. And it makes me really dive deeper into this idea of what we really mean by the value of being humble. And it makes me think of an experience I had with somebody else who had an impressive position, but in social environments, in social occasions, they would become a little bit hesitant and they define or they value humbleness. Mm. But what actually happened because of the hesitation of sharing that position was a lot of unnecessary awkwardness and focusing on something that didn't really need it. And I said to this person, how about next time you, when you're sharing what it is that that you do, you just state it factually and plainly. You know, I did it. You can just state things plainly. And I wonder if that is a way forward in a way to hold on to that sense of not being egotistical, Right. And I think that's what we mean by humbleness, to be honest, but Mm. also holding on to the truth and our power. And so it is, you think it's really helpful to think about when you're sharing what it is that you've succeeded in. I think it's really powerful to own it fully, not with an inflated sense of importance, but just factually own it. Does that make sense? Oh, I'm actually having light bulb moments as you say that, Juliet, because. The two aren't mutually exclusive. I think you can be, you can own your power and advocate for yourself, which is an area many women would be served by stepping into. 
but still have humility in the way that you represent that. You were speaking about this recently online, which I found really helpful around the difference between internally derived self-worth and externally derived self-worth. If someone loves what they do and they might be really passionate about it and they're exceptional at it, you are someone that comes to mind as a role model of that. (laughs) But you're not defined by that, I don't think. You know, if it was lost, it would be very, very sad and it would be a huge, uh, a huge loss of effort and and, um, investment and time. But I don't I don't think that your self-concept would be shattered. And when it isn't like that, you can also sense that in the way someone presents themselves, if they are sort of, well, I am so-and-so, so fetch me my water and <laughs> massage my feet, then you, you get a sense of that separation. It actually, that qualification or their experience separates them from others. And it is possible to stay in connection whilst fairly advocating for yourself your skill sets your abilities and your passion very important to to reflect on and think about we had no idea where this conversation was going to go but I think it's gone to some really helpful places and I've also just realized that we have left our wonderful friends the New Zealanders out of this because apparently this concept applies in their culture as well it's an Australian and New Zealand idea that makes me wonder is it related in part to the Anzacs Mm. and mateship etc etc but I'll have to go away and do some research on that i have heard there is something similar in irish culture as well like a um, begrudgery and certainly the evil eye or fear of jealousy is something that permeates a lot of cultures Mm. i'm sure there are ways this translates for for many people and certainly on the the angle of there being sexism involved that is not unique to australia so it's we'd love to hear from you um those listeners that are overseas and from different cultural backgrounds, what your take on this is. Amazing. So there is uh, something to think about with with tall poppy syndrome. Is it actually coming into your life? Have you experienced it directly or indirectly? Or have you been pulled into the idea of needing to perpetuate it? Has that been sold Mm. to you? And now maybe you're questioning, hang on, what's really going on here? How do you respond when especially another woman is shining, when she's trailblazing, when she's successful? What does it bring up in you? Amazing. Really good question. Jacqueline, where can people find us online? You can find us at the Sisterhood Downloads podcast on Instagram. That is the space we are most active. You can follow along where we share behind the scenes footage of our podcasting and interesting bits and pieces that we share along the way. Fantastic. And if you know someone who you think would be interested in connecting in our community, so hearing what it is we have to share, why don't you just share this podcast episode and and let them know that you're thinking of them and invite them to our amazing community. Send it along to a tall popper you know.